Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to Leading Serving Podcast. Thank you. I'm yeah. super excited about today. Yeah, this is going to be a good day. It is. I'm super excited. I um, just want to let you know. Um, I, I know you guys were out of town this weekend, right? We were. We okay. Were. Um, and I, I don't want to hear about your your little camping excursion, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but um, I want you to know that in church yesterday, you know, we've been talking about that leading is serving, that we are um, we're basically fighting for the highest good in others around us, right? Yeah. That came out in the sermon yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah, it was in church. Really? Yeah. And I missed it. You did. You did. You're going to you have to have tune in to virtually on that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm totally going and, to. And uh, yeah, there came through the sermon of love is fighting for the highest good of others. That's that awesome. Like, Way to go, Zach. I like that. Right? That was good. That was good. Give a shout out to Zach. Not that he was like, you know, hey, you should go listen to Leading Serving Podcast too. No, no. But you know, it's church. So it I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> So you guys had fun this weekend? We did. We just, uh, so this is the second weekend we've tried this whole um, camping thing. And uh, I'll be honest with you, we're new to it. And we do have a travel trailer. We purchased a travel trailer. Okay, so you're trailer camping. Not yeah, so tent we're kind of glamping, not really okay. camping. All right. um, and I got to say, with the storm that came through over the weekend, I'm very oh, glad I forgot we about were that. in a trailer. Um, yeah. But I just... My wife and I are still trying to figure out if it's a good idea or not, because there's a lot of prep work and then there's oh, a lot of after work. So it's <sighs> like in the middle is fine. You're, everything's yeah. good, but it makes the week get a little busier. Mm-hmm. Not that we're not slammed already, busy already, right? But then coming home on Sunday, then you have to take everything out of the trailer, mm-hmm. prep the trailer, go put the trailer away. And then, by the way, you have to clean all the stuff that you pulled out of the trailer. Yeah. So it's not... Uh huh. It's some work. Yeah. And so we're trying to tease out whether it's worth it or not. So I'm, I'm the verdict is kind of still out. This is time number two, but I will tell you, right. we did enjoy it. It was, we went down to McCormick's Creek, the okay. state park. Yeah. And uh, it was a good time. We enjoyed it. Cool. And, uh, we went out, hung, hung out with some friends. Shout out to the Staley's. There you go. So we had nice. a good time. So, nice. Yeah. No, we, um, yeah, I've got, you know, two adult kids, right? Mm hmm. And when they started graduating, we we did we went all the way and doing tent, tent camping. Camping, I can't even say it. That's how I feel about. It. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but when Michael, our oldest, you know, right. and he's a he's a hard worker. He loves yeah. working with his hands. And man, when he wasn't there to help set up the tent and you know pack away and things like that, I was like, wow, this is different. Yeah, I have to do all this. No, I'm kind of done now. Right? <laughs> it is a lot of work. Well, and we thought... It's fun when you're there, but man. Right. We thought yeah. with a trailer, it'd be easier, right? Because you have you put everything in the trailer, and then you haul the trailer, and then it's all good. Right. No. I think it's... But at least you have work. resale value for your trailer. We don't have resale value on right. our tent. Yeah, you hopefully. Know, that's, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, we want to uh, talk a little bit more, um, kind of wrap up this... Um, we've kind of been talking in depth about the leader's mindset that okay. we introduced a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and this last step is around role clarity. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, how do you bring clarity to the people who are following you? Mm-hmm. And it's not just about having a, a job description. Right. You know, that there's a lot of things that, you know, as we think about an employee's, uh, you know, performance, mm-hmm. there's a lot of layers to this that a lot of times we, we kind of just skip over. Right. And, you know, it's, well... When something goes wrong, and you know it was an employee's fault, you it's easy to just start pointing the finger, and right. you've got to get this right next time. Come on, you know, and you know what what went wrong, you know, and you look totally at them. But what if we started this idea of role clarity at the organizational level? Mm. That you know, when something falls through, it's 
probably not just one person's fault. Right. So let's back up. Let's look at the organization. Let's go to the high level and say, you know, is has has something shifted in the organization that has made your role unclear? You know, mm-hmm. maybe there was a merger, a buyout, some brought in a new manager in between the top and that employee. Right. You know, what has shifted? What has changed? Um, you know, maybe you had to go remote for a time. I mean, right. nobody did that for a while, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, what has shifted maybe in the organization since the first time that you set up that person's role? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a new product is launched, maybe a right. new phase of growth. You opened up a, another office, another site, another production line, you know, whatever right. that might be. Maybe something has shifted on our end. Mm-hmm. What has maybe contributed to that lack of clarity, right? right? And then, you know, continue, you know, not just the organizational level, but what about you as a leader or um, or whoever is over that person, their supervisor? Have, have they given the proper training? So, you know, hey, we need you to perform this function, but we haven't fully trained you on it. Right. You know, has the training been there? Have, you know, we've talked a lot about support and challenge. So as mm-hmm. leadership, have we given appropriate support? Can that person, you know, do they have the resources? Do they have what they need to do the job? And have we provided appropriate challenge? Mm-hmm. Have we clarified what a win looks like for them? Right. You know, are they making up their own win? Mm-hmm. They, might, <laughs> they might be going, well, this this is the win to me. But as an organization, as a leader, you're going, well, this is the win. Right. And so there might be a lack of clarity there. So, you know, we, we don't just need to jump immediately to that person mm-hmm. that we need to look at that organizational level. Right. We need to look at the leadership level and say, are we contributing to this lack of clarity? Right. And once you answer those questions, then go to that person. Mm-hmm. Then start looking at that person. Do they have the competency? Do they like, um, you know, if you call it the head and the heart, do they have the competency? Do they have the the uh, the education, the skills? Do they have the competency to do the job right? Right. You know, That's if you, huge. yeah, if you need somebody to do it a very certain way and they're just, they don't have the competency, maybe they're not in the right seat. Right. Maybe they need to, maybe you need to find them a different seat in the organization. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the last question you needed to ask is what about their heart? Mm-hmm. Is their heart, is their behavior, is all of that in line with the organization, within, with the leadership's values and things like that? Right. That, Which is huge. Yeah. And that may be about the business, maybe mm-hmm. about your organization, or it could be something completely outside. Right. Could be something external. Something's going on in the family. Something's going on in the world. Right. You know, who, who knows? Right. Um, so how do you, you know, work through that with your employee? How do you work through that of saying, all right, we need to clarify your role. Mm-hmm. Because we're missing some things, right? And we've looked at our side of things, and yeah, we own some some of this. We know we brought in so and so as a manager here, and and you know, then we changed offices, and change is not easy. And mm-hmm. so we think that has brought some a lack of clarity. And so we want to help you through this. How can we train you? But then let's look at you. Do mm-hmm. you have the skills? Do you have the competency? And is your heart in this? Because right. if it's not, maybe they'll look at it and go, Yeah, I need to do something else. Yeah. And you get to the bottom of those four questions, and you might say, all right, I, I don't think this is for you. Right. And as you walk through those things, it helps clarify the clarity process. Right. <laughs> Let's clarify the clarifying process, right? Right. You know, so look on that organizational level. Mm-hmm. Look on the level of leadership, and then look at the employee at their head and both their heart hmm. and see where they're at. That was really good. And that will help bring some clarity to, you know, what's going on, why expectations are being missed, mm-hmm. and uh, how we can clarify and get people to where they need to be. And there you, you know, are just increasing your execution and capacity as a team and as an organization and, you know, everybody's happy there. So, right. 
So. Uh, you're tr- and that's your goal, right? You're trying to get to the organization and to the person to the same yeah. outcome, to a, a, an outcome where everybody has the capacity, everybody has the time, and has the want to get through it. Right. Healthy leaders, healthy healthy people lead towards healthy organizations, and yeah. you know, and that's our that's our goal in the end. Yeah, that's really so, good. Yeah. So, yeah, um, let's talk about what's happening next, right? Right. Okay. So we're in the process of doing some deep dives. Yep. And today we are going to uh, talk about pricing and value. Um, you know what we bring to the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and how to think through some of those things in tumultuous times. Right. And so. You ready to go jump to that? Yeah, let's jump in. All right, let's go deep dive. All right, Chris, well, welcome to our latest deep dive. Right. You know, we're going <laughs> to... I um, enjoy these. These are fun. Um, I hope you, hope you guys are enjoying them too. Let us know. Yeah. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about value pricing you know, what we bring to the marketplace, you know, as we work through the startup, because, you know, we're developing a product, we're developing a service that we're going to have to charge, charge our clients, our customers, mm-hmm. a fair but good price, you know, not just to compete in the market, but also to meet our financial goals as a business, right? Right. Right. So at some level, we're not just selling a product or a service, but we're actually selling ourselves. Yes. You know, especially if you're a solopreneur or you're the, you know, you're the one that's bringing the service to the marketplace. Um, so at some level, you're selling yourself, right? Right. So totally you have to believe that you bring a value to your client or your customer. I agree. Not just a product or service, right? So how does this play a role in our success as startup, as entrepreneurs? And why do we need to believe that that we bring value? You know, I think that many people um, start their own business or content consider doing their own business out of the fact that they're either working something or doing something and they see a need. Um, you know, many times, um, I think that that's the case, right? But I think that also that many times, um, people do need the confidence in themselves to be able to recognize that they are capable of bringing, of filling that void or filling Mm -hmm. that need. Um, and I think that, um, for most people who, are willing to jump out of the boat are probably pretty confident in it. They've either done some research or they've gotten themselves and maybe they've done some research and they have some financial backing from them, you know, mm-hmm. with a little bit of planning. Cause we talked about financing as well. Yeah. Finances. And it's, and so if you can have the confidence with the finances, confidence with the research that you've done and the confidence to know that you've done the work or something similar to the work that curbing over to that, is it's pretty easy then yeah go for it um and then for those that are completely coming out of left field you know i think that um there's many people that start businesses that are have not a clue and then they learn through the process they also they all recognize that they are capable mm-hmm. but they might not have all the right answers and that's okay too i'm not opposed right. to that either i've i know that when i started my first business i didn't have all the answers i didn't know everything but I also knew I could ask questions, you know, for some people, there's people out there that do know the answers. And if you're willing to be humble enough to ask the questions, then I think you can get Hmm. places that people who aren't willing, who aren't willing to ask the questions can get, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it might take them a little longer because they might have to work through that process a little differently Mm -hmm. and not that either one of them is wrong, but one of them might be harder than the other one for some people. 
So yes, I think that having the confidence in yourself either to be able to ask questions or either be able to provide the service or to be able to work through the process is huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah, and I'm sitting here thinking about the five voices that mm-hmm. we've that we've talked about on the podcast quite a bit. That out of the five, there's only two of the voices, um, Pioneer and Connector, which is probably, if I remember the percentages right off, I think it's less than 20% of the population mm-hmm. are Pioneers and Connector's first voice. Those are the two voices that probably struggle the least with self-confidence that mm-hmm. they, they, they don't mind putting themselves out there, even if they don't necessarily feel confident, they don't mind putting themselves out there and getting a no, getting a, you know, getting shut down or, you know, whatever that might look like. Um, and so that means like close to 80% of the population is struggles with that self-confidence that mm-hmm. maybe struggles is, is, a, is right. too strong, but right. you know what I'm saying? Right. That, um, there's, you know, and there's even a couple of voices that, uh, don't want to promote themselves at all. Right. They want to be in the background. Right. But here they are in a position going, I feel like there's something I need to do and I don't want to put myself out there. Right. You know, I want to, you know, I mean, for myself, I've, you know, I definitely feel the temptation to hide behind the value of the product or service mm-hmm. and just kind of be like, here's all the value. Right. And, you know, if you want to talk to me, that's fine. <laughs> right. You know, I, I don't know. I don't even know what I, I should probably take my own advice of what does it look, right. look like on the other side of the table for me, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, how do we, how do we see our own value in that way? I mean, right. that's just, that's a, well, and, and like, you, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that whether you're one of these people or not, like, I mean, everybody is one of these five voices, right? So at some level you have some mm-hmm. setup that you are, these are either, um, uh, your first voice or your or your last voice. You know, you have that. Yeah. Everybody you has have that, that mix, blend of right? all five. Right. So mm-hmm. dealing and recognizing. I mean, I think this is why we hit on it so much is because recognizing your own mindset helps you work through this process. I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. So recognizing that and then recognizing how you interpret or work with others is also helpful. Right. So to give you the confidence, like I feel like I have better confidence in dealing with other people, knowing this about myself, as well as knowing that, um, there's been times where I struggle with people, but I always, um, I'm always going, okay, Chris, what are you not doing? What are you not looking at? Or what are, how are you interpreting this wrong? Hmm. And I don't know because I know myself, I don't know that person as well, but I don't, you know, so I might be mixing something up. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Right. So I think having the confidence, whether of, of yourself, as well as confidence of the materials, yeah, of the things that you want to work with mm-hmm. and, and potentially start a business in is huge. Right, right. Okay. So confidence matters in how we see ourselves as a value to our client mm-hmm. and not just our product, but ourselves. Right. right. And I don't and, think you have to be 110% confident. Like, right. I don't think right. you need to be like, don't get me wrong. I don't think you need to be like arrogant or anything to be able to yeah. start a business by any stretch. Right, right. But some of it is just saying, okay, I know this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, this is you know this is a proven business practice, right. and in this, I may feel like I'm selling myself, but when I see others do it, that's not how I feel about them. Right. And so we have to realize, you know, look inside ourselves that this is something within us that's that's causing that uh, that inhibition. Right. Right. And so how do we you know, just start doing that right action. Right. Just start doing it. Just step out and, you know, and ask for feedback. 
right? You know, find some other business leaders or friends or family and say, how did that come off? Mm-hmm. You know, did that, did that seem very arrogant? You know, if that's something that you're concerned about, get some feedback. Right. But take those steps. Give it a shot. Give it a try. I mean, you'll find that um, when you get out of the gate, sometimes things won't go like that you want them to, right? Right. And so asking for that feedback doesn't feel good. Right. You know, right. and it's, but what you realize quickly is if you can accept that, learn from that, and then move forward from that, then hopefully that makes you better for the next time. You might not be perfect the next time. Right. You know, it's not going to make you perfect right out of the gate either. Right. Um, but asking for that feedback, I think, also builds your confidence. Yeah. All right. So confidence plays a big part in the value that we bring to the market, right? Right. Okay. Um, but what a... What about our strategy? I think, you know, just as much as our confidence wavers, um, you know, in, in how we view ourselves, how we view what's going on in the market, um, what about our pricing when it comes to the value that we bring to the market? Because, um, you know, being in a startup's hard, right? It is. It's so, very hard. You know, uh, whether it's the lean days of the startup or whether it's, you know, um, fluctuations later on or seasonal work, how does that affect us when we look at our pricing strategy? If you are a business owner... And you start a business off the ground. You get to a certain point where you don't have work because you're just starting off the ground, right? So what the, the internally, you as a business owner, you automatically think that you need more business. So you go out and you hunt for more business, right? Okay. In theory, right? Or you run more advertising or you do whatever it is you mm-hmm. think you're going to do to bring in more leads, okay? But most people in that instance would bid it at a normal rate. With their normal, what they, with their normal expectancy of what they should be charging, right? Okay. Which might be similar to another business. Okay. So you're you're compo- competing on the same level, except you're the new guy on the group. So, are you going to bid it at the same level, or are you going to bid it with just slight, a slight margin or a break-even margin? And most people would tell you you shouldn't do that. Okay. I would say, and this is. I'm out of the box thinking a little bit, but right. I, I mean, I did some of this early on is that I thought that at some level I needed to bid the job at cost because I have the costs of the business and cost of the employees and not worry about profit for a minute. Right. So that way I can get, build my reputation up so that I can be running in the same category as the other businesses, but I have a reputation behind me that I've built up. So there's not always going to be that profit margin or the business owner is not going to get paid out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I told, um, when I went and spoke with some kid, the, some, uh, a business class, I helped them understand like the first two years of my business, I didn't make squat. The first year I didn't even pay myself. The second year, I barely paid myself Mm -hmm. and then slowly progressed to the point where I could be, where I could pay myself. Um, But helping other people understand that when you first get out, like it's, it is a numbers game and and most businesses are. Right. But right out of the gate, it's not a numbers game. It's a building process game and Mm. it's just counterintuitive to the numbers game in my head. So I have encouraged people, business owners you know what? Just just build it so that you're breaking even. Build it so that you're covering your costs. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, if you're not working at all, you're still paying for those costs. Right. 
So right. if you're paying for those costs and somebody's reimbursing you and you're breaking even, at some level, if you think about it, you're ahead. That is success. Right. Yeah. So, but it's counterintuitive to mm-hmm. this is how I start a business. I start a business, then I run my numbers, and then I put my profit margin on it, and that's my number. And that's the customer number I give. Right. So in my head, I was like, okay, I recognized early on that I, at some level I wasn't going to get paid until we could try to start bringing in a mm-hmm. profit and I had a sustainable um, reputation. Right. And so right. I'm throwing that at you. You're a business owner. Would you do that or would you just jump out of the gate and go, I'm going to charge what I charge and it is what it is? And I, I mean, yeah. well, we, and I guess at some level, I got to throw a little caveat in there. Yeah. And that's because um, there is some businesses that I don't think that would work for. So, but from a, a product management position, like uh, my friend who has a widget, <clears throat> I was talking to him. He has a widget. Okay. And his widget, he's trying to sell. So would you encourage somebody who's trying to sell a widget to break even or try to always gain a profit starting out? I mean, if it's a, I mean, you're, you're phrasing it as an A and B. So, um, yeah. Cause it's not a, just a either service. make a profit or break even. Right. But the third option is go in the hole. Right. And so above that third option, absolutely break even. <laughs> right. Well, and that's and, my point. Like yeah. at some level, if you're doing some work, it's covering some of your costs versus you just constantly going in the hole. Right. Right. And I think, I think what we're leaning into a little bit here is the mindset of the entrepreneur of um, how quick will I get paid? How fast will I start making a profit? And, you know, we love to believe in our dreams. We love to believe that everything that we have planned is going to work out grand. Right. And we're going to be rolling in the dough in two months. And I think (laughs) the average, the the national statistic average, and I've been told this, I don't, I haven't looked this up for sure, but it takes an average of five years. Mm-hmm. And most businesses die within that time frame. New startup right. businesses die in that first five years of life. Yeah. And I think it's actually closer to like two or three years. Yeah, we like, might have. I, I, my gut says closer to the two or three as well. Yeah. like I We think, might have to look up the stats since yeah. we're going on air with stuff like this. Right, right. right. Yeah, totally <laughs> think we didn't. I mean, I wasn't prepared for that. I apologize. But I think that, you know, I think those stats are, are probably realistic in the yeah. fact that it's just a not... There's some things that are counterintuitive to, oh, this is how business runs. Like if you look at Walmart mm-hmm. or Meyer or um, anybody that provides a product, right. it's an A plus B equals C. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. like, it's a, and that's part I completely agree. It's a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're adding a service to it and you have a widget, right? you're trying to provide a service, but you don't. You haven't tapped into the market. The market right. doesn't know you're there. Right. And so... And I wonder how much of this... <clears throat> I mean, the other, the other side of this conversation that we're not uh, going down yet is the overhead costs. Mm-hmm. Right. That, you know, it costs X amount of dollars to run my business this month. Right. So I have to make... You know, what we're asking is, do we, do we just shoot for that X amount of dollars or do we shoot for the <laughs> X plus... Margin, you know, so that you get a profit at the end of the day. What about changing X? What right. about changing those overhead costs? Right. You know, what what in our startup routines or strategies have we chosen the luxury ad? 
Right. You know, that... It, yes, which is, so what can be trimmed back? And and at some level, like for some businesses who are just starting them, they're starting their own business, they can control that more. But for some yeah. business owners who are starting a franchise, they don't always have the luxury of being able to right. shift some of that stuff. Right. So there's some expenses that are going to come every month, whether mm-hmm. they like it or not, because that's part of the franchise fee. Part of the franchise, sure. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, there's a, <clears throat> there's a level... There's a different there difference for that too, mm-hmm. um, not that it's all completely apples and oranges, but you yeah. you get where I'm going. I, do, I don't right. think. Well, like I know, um, um, I know a local entrepreneur who has started selling a product mm-hmm. out of self storage units. Okay, and he's like, I'd I'd love to have a storefront someday, mm-hmm. but I realized I don't have to have a storefront to do what I do. Right. You know, um, I can I can deal with the product. I can deal with customers out. You know, they don't they don't show up at the storage site, right? Right. right. <laughs> but stores the product there, offers you know online marketing and things like that, word of mouth, you know things, right. and can sell the product very effectively at a really good margin because storage shed is cheap compared to storefront. It absolutely is. And so, absolutely is. you know, kudos <laughs> for right. for thinking that way of going, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more inconvenient on my startup. It's going to cost me more in my time and effort, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get the, the profit that I'm right. wanting out of it. Well, I mean, I mean, let's, a storage unit's 50 bucks, right? You rent a spot, you're at a dollar a square foot in a resident, in a, in a commercial spot, right? right? I mean, we've mm-hmm. looked in the commercial spots, like, yeah, uh, I've looked at renting them. I've looked at buying them. I've looked at, you know, different yeah. aspects of them. Right. So you're paying a dollar a square foot in most places. And mm-hmm. then you have to have utilities and all that other stuff there. Well, if you're not there, then you also have to have personnel there. So right. what, start out as 50 bucks a month, just climb to like 5,000 and <laughs> right. like, shot up real quick. Right. Like, yeah. But I can totally see myself early on mm-hmm. in my career uh, going, you know what? I need to have a shop. I need to have some place in the, you know, in the community that's my space, that's got my name on mm-hmm. it or whatever it is um, as my business. Um, and I need somebody that's going to be willing to help me with that too. So it's right. like, I can totally see that. But now I totally can see where that expense is yeah. and I don't want it unless I need it. Right, right. Yeah, I know another uh, another young uh, professional in our area who, you know, really wants to present, you know, like where we're talking about of, you know, our pricing strategy. We want to we want to present as as one of the top dogs in town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he really wants to present image wise of professional. I do great professional quality, excellent work. Mm-hmm. And to do that, he felt like well, I got to have a thirty thousand dollar truck so right. that when I pull up to the job site. People look at me and go, "Oh, wow, he's he's doing it," you know. Right. Um, because on the other end of that spectrum, he sees he sees people in three thousand dollar trucks, mm-hmm. and what that image conveys is, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have confidence in you. Right. And um, you know, he finally got to a point where he realized, you know, the thirteen thousand dollar truck that actually conveys ninety five percent of what I want to get across. Right. With the and I'm not in debt. Right. It's huge. <laughs> it is. It's huge. Yeah. And so, and you know, it, the $13,000 truck could have a hundred thousand miles on it. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares as right. long as it looks good. Right. And it doesn't have to look brand new, like a 50, 30, 30 to $50,000 <laughs> right. truck. Like it just night and day difference. Right. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. And so I wonder how often our egos get in the way oh, I think of our totally business do. starting, you know, I think they totally man, do. man. All right, Chris, I want to back up just a little bit because um, we talked about pricing for a moment, right? We did. Um, 
when you know we talked about when the pressure is on for a startup, where are we going with that? Are we okay? I'm out. Sorry, you're very distracted. Your audio is like weird. Like is tangy oh, crud, in the back. I didn't go to. Go, I don't know that I hit the right thing. Check one two. Like there's like I don't know if it's super loud or in my ear or what. Can I turn me down? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you are cranked a little bit. Um, that matches mine now. Thank you. Is that a little better? Oh. <laughs> Like none other. Which would make the air noise a whole lot more (laughs) disruptive. I was like, holy crap, dude. I think you're going to come through my head. (laughs) Okay. Start over. All right. Hey, Chris. So I want to backtrack to the pricing bit that we were talking about a minute ago. You know, we talked about how pricing, when the pressure of the startup is on and, you know, that... Um, that's really difficult to figure out in the midst of that pressure. Right. But how do we even find a baseline for your pricing? Whether it's a product or a service, what do we? What has to go into the the formula, the calculation of developing a price point for a product or services? You know, I think it's it's a multifaceted question. I think there's a, several parts that we need to d- touch on. Okay. Because so I think at some level you do need to do some research on what the market is bringing. Like what right. do what do what are your competitor? And there's always a competitor, right? At some level, yeah. Unless you're completely, you know, Elon Musk pulling something out of the air and doing something, mm-hmm. you more than likely you have a competitor who is charging something, even if he's the only competitor, he's charging something, right? Right. So we got to figure that out. Figure out where their starting point is, and then. Um, and figure out where that falls in line with what your costs are and what your profit margin is you're shooting for. Because right. I would say that majority of um, businesses, whether it's a service or a product, you're shooting for a profit margin that is A or B or C. You know what I mean? So it right. just depends on your industry, depends on what the what's common or the current expectations of that industry. Not saying that you can't be more or less than that, but at least this gives you a starting point, right? Right. And then I think the other part that we also need to touch on is every business has a cost of doing business. And there is, I think this is one of the things that I think many people struggle with because many people forget that when you're working in the business, you're also a cost to the business, right? So right, right. at the end of the day, if if you're not going to get paid, then yeah, you're not a cost to the business. But I don't know very many people that like to do work for free. So I haven't right. yet to bump into anybody. I mean, you don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. Like we also recognize that money is part of that and we have to keep our families taken care of as well. Absolutely. Even in the midst of running a business, mm-hmm. right? So um, we have a cost to the business as whether you're owner or, or worker or not, it doesn't matter. Um, and then there's also the costs of the vehicles, the materials, the time, the maybe there's um, programs involved. There's a lot mm-hmm. of hard costs that go along with these things. And granted, the guy that owns the company that has 500 employees probably doesn't have has has a lot of overhead, right? Yeah. But also got a lot of jobs. But then there's a guy who has one employee and one QuickBooks um, account for his monthly subscription to be able to make right. sure that he can send out his bills, right? He doesn't have near as much overhead. He doesn't, and some people would say QuickBooks might not even be a necessity right yeah. out of the gate, right? Yeah. So you can do many things online free 
before yeah. you ever touch a QuickBooks, having to have a Quips, QuickBooks subscription. Yeah. I mean, that's... I, I don't use QuickBooks. Right. And it's like, and I know we use QuickBooks and we use another program as well. Right. So I pay for two subscriptions every month. Um, I'll have to tell you about my subscription that's free. Okay. Because it's not paper. It's software. It's online. It's, oh, for real? Yeah. It's a... And then, well, and that's the thing. Like, nowadays, there's a lot more opportunities for these kind of things that are, yeah. are they're starting to invade the market that are taking more away from like QuickBooks and stuff like that. Things that are out there that you can use that you don't necessarily need a subscription right. for. Mm-hmm. But um, so all these things are definitely um, costs or not costs for some people, right. depending on how, I mean, cause I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know what, what I needed at, at certain points. Mm-hmm. I just knew I needed accounting software right. and I needed it to work well with my CPA yeah. because I do, I knew I needed a CPA prior to that. Right. Which then QuickBooks is your answer. Right. Exactly. The and industry so, standard. Yeah. Right. It was the industry standard mm-hmm. and it was easy for me to put in my wheelhouse and it, mm-hmm. turn it on. Yeah. So that, it's, that was easy. So anyways, the, uh, going back to the cost side of it. Well, so then there's that cost of it and I have to pass that cost and those costs as part of my costs of doing business, which have to reflect the cost of my hourly rate. Right. 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 So I can't just go, Hey, today I'm going to charge $20. Yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to charge $50. (laughs) Right. Then the next day, I think I'm going to go back to $25. Like, it just doesn't work Call me that, that way. Day. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure, like, there's some balancing act, right? Because yeah. you look at, and and as consumers, right, we do this all the time. We just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time you go out to buy something, do you think, well, I could go to Amazon and I could buy it at this price, or I could go to Walmart or Meyer and buy it at this price? Well, even nowadays, at some level, Walmart's not always the cheapest, right? But depending on what you're looking for, the cheapest might be a good thing, might be a bad thing. It just depends on what it is. So I would, you know, for some people who are looking, I mean, in my world, in contracting world, I don't know that cheapest is always the best. Right. Some people would tell you that that's not the case. And I, that's, everybody Mm -hmm. has their opinion. I'm totally good with that. Um, So then, but just like Walmart, there's some products there that are not worth, the cost that you paid for them. Right. Or you're going to be able to use them once or twice and that's what you bought them for. Right. Right. Disposable. So it's kinda, just a yeah. disposable thing because mm-hmm. we've become a very disposable society. Right. 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 So trying to balance all that out mm-hmm. in your pricing is a lot for right. a guy who's just starting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, keeps you up at night. It's exactly right. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to take advantage of your customers. You're, that's not your goal, right? Right. Your goal is to try to go from, I don't have a business to, I have a business. And then I have, um, a good reputation inside that business mm-hmm. and people want me to work at their house or people want me to provide this service or this trinket for them. Right. And they, they want it. So they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to catch me in the, you know, they're tracking me down to buy it. Is yeah. that make, make sense? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you definitely have to do some research. You definitely have to do some thought process behind it, yeah. depending on what you're trying to do, because there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm even <clears throat> thinking about some of the businesses that are, um, you know, on government restricted programs. I don't know the right phrasing for that, uh-huh. but, you know, it's a, 
uh, like I'm thinking, you know, even in the medical industry, mm-hmm. you know, if Medicare is involved or something, there's a set price point that right. is paid and you're kind of locked into somebody else's decision. Right. And so then you have to reverse engineer that to the point of, okay, my overhead cannot exceed, exceed. X mm-hmm. so that I still make a little bit or I break even off right. of this, you know, um, you know, and then, you know, there's some industries where pricing is very tight. Mm-hmm. You know, it may only vary by three or 4% across the board, multiple people, you know, right. and then there's other things that vary wildly. Right. You know, yeah. uh, one, uh, just for an example, cause people mm-hmm. are like, wait, what, you know, where can I get the good deal? Right. Right. Um, you know, if you just think about sodas, mm-hmm. you know, you sit at a restaurant and you're like, I just paid $2 and 50 cents right. at a, you know, a red Robin, you know, Chili's type of restaurant. Right. And you know, but then I can go to the gas station for 79 cents. Right. Or And it's the same thing. Yeah. Or, you know, Chick-fil-A, Zaxby's, McDonald's. McDonald's right. is doing dollar large, but, you know, other, you know, Burger King's not. Right. Do, <laughs> right. Where, do, where does this go? You know? Right. And so, you know, I was also thinking, so connecting thoughts, because that's where my mind goes, right? And all right. these wild, varied thoughts. Um, you know, we had Riker Franson on recently about supply chain. We did. And he made the comment. He said, you know, there's some lead times that are so long. He said it, it, it opens the door for innovation. It totally does. You know, maybe you're charging the exact same price, but you can cut that lead time in half. Right. You're going to rule the market. Right. You know, or if, if a product is sold at a certain amount and it's pretty standard, mm-hmm. but you figure out how to reduce overhead so that you can still get the same profit margin for a you know, a really good price versus right. for your customer, mm-hmm. you're going to rule the market. Yeah. And I mean, I, um, he totally, which was a neat thing about his world is that timing is an issue is, is, is the, even, the, even if you kept the same price point, um, if you could adjust the timing, you can, you can probably make yeah. a dent in that market, exactly. which is just huge. And it I just, is. I mean, he totally opened my mind to, to new ideas. And I was yeah. like, okay, stop, Chris. <laughs> right, right. Because, I mean, it's totally, because um, because of, and I mean, I guess that's to your point earlier, you know, talking about pricing and things, maybe pricing's not the issue. Maybe delivery is. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe we need to think about that from that perspective too. So maybe you're hitting the numbers that everybody else is, but because you can deliver it faster or better or whatever. Right. Then, right. Then you so what's even... the true value that you bring to your customer, to your client? Right. So that's a whole nother yeah. uh, facet to that. Right. But that, you know, pricing. Right. Yeah. I know I have a relationship with another vendor that they charge basically industry standard labor rate, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and it ain't cheap. Right. And it hurts every time I look at the invoice and I'm like, oh my goodness. Right. But on the product side, they have a strategy and a philosophy that they have a a, a transparency of here's what I pay wholesale mm-hmm. and we mark it up X percent. I don't right. remember their percentage, but it always beats what I can buy it online. Oh. And so in that large job, you know, yeah, I saved a little bit because their markup isn't as high as other people on right. product. Right. But where they really save me is six months down the road. I'm like, okay, I need to add, you know, this piece of gear to my audio system or whatever, you know, and their price always beats. And huh. so wow. my loyalty to them, I mean, one, they're incredible people and they do incredible work. Right. Which, <laughs> you know. So the, there's delivery, right? Yeah. There's delivery yeah. on top of product. 
Right. And there's a long-term value to, you know, to sticking with them and knowing mm-hmm. them, you know? And so, um, you know, think creatively through the value that you bring to right. the market, not just price. So even if they charge the current market rate for their products and you couldn't get it, you could get it the same price somewhere else. You're more than likely to buy it from them just because that you've learned that they've saved you money even on their delivery. Right. But then they also take care of us. Yes. On a personal level. Yeah. I don't, you know, yeah, I'm calling about a two by four or a microphone or, you know, or something. And they're like, Hey, how's it going? Right. How are you guys doing? How's your organization? How's your team? Mm-hmm. You know, Hey, is so-and-so still blah, blah, blah. You know, right. um, they, yeah, they're just phenomenal people. And so there's mm-hmm. a personal care that they are out for my best interest. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just cool. So, so it's not just pricing. It's also delivery. Right. It's also, so I think to your point, like when we started talking about pricing, it's also about um, how you're going to go be creative about doing it differently. And they yeah. care. Absolutely. So they do Absolutely. it differently because they care. So not only do they bring a quality product to you at a, low, a, a more cheaper rate, a cheaper um, mm-hmm. uh, cost, but they have their markup on it. And they're very, they're very transparent about that. Right. So they're transparent, they care, and they take care of you. Right. Sounds yeah. like a great work model. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. To the point that it's created loyalty from you. Right. Right. So as we think about value and pricing, you know, that's what we've been talking about this, this deep dive, mm-hmm. um, pricing, you know, money is not the only value we bring to the market. Right. And so, you know, that's just our challenge to you guys today is, you know, as you think through, you know, uh, I mean, pricing is going to keep you up overnight. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and so is this process trying to, trying to fine tune this machine. It's, you're not going to get it right out the gate. Right, right. It's going to be somewhat of a work in progress. Right. And you're going to have some of those scarcity and abundance moments where, yep. you know, life is good and, you know, and charging what I charge is not a big deal. And then life gets tough. And yep. yeah, so uh, set a strategy, stick with it. Right. And, um, you know, and really think creatively, think outside the box a little bit about what kind of value do you bring to the market. And exactly. Good. So, uh, so I've enjoyed this. This has yes. been good. And I, I, so, I, I want to throw one more thing in there. Okay. Don't forget that when we talked about finances, money's a tool. Yes. It is, it is a tool. And yes. if you, it helps, at least it's helped me balance out the idea um, to try to make sure that I'm focused on the right things. Right. That, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll come around. Right. And money's not just a tool for your business, but it's also for your customer and your client. Correct. What are their true needs? How can you speak to their, their true needs, not just yeah. their pocketbook? Yep. It, it'll help balance things out, I think. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. So, but yes, I've totally agreed. I agree with it. It's, this has been really good and really appreciated this time and ta- talking about these things because these are hard topics. They are. And for they a are. guy who's starting a, you know, a new business is potentially having these conversations and thinking about down these roads, like mm-hmm. it, it's stuff that kind of can kind of keep you up at night, especially when absolutely. you jump ship and you're like, hey, I'm doing this tomorrow. Really? What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Well, you guys, give us a like, subscribe, comment, uh, shoot us an email, let us know what's going on. And always, um, you know, Chris and I are available that if you want to yeah, sit down and chat or um, we can Zoom, we can meet in person, we can talk over the phone, whatever. We'd yeah. be glad to chat with you guys. So have a great week. Thanks. We'll see you next time on Leading Serving.